When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. It is our last episode before the major holidays ramp up. Um, it is also pretty much the first day of winter almost. First day of winter is this week, Christmas is this week. Merry Christmas everybody. Um, happy Hanukkah to our Jewish friends. I believe Hanukkah started like today or yesterday or it was very soon. Um, so thank you all so much for, for tuning in. Um, today we have hippies and cowboys on, and, um, this is a band that you can see a couple of times a week down on lower Broadway. If you're in Nashville, they play at kid rocks every week. Um, go check these guys out because I think, I think actually, I know they have what it takes to be a country rock and roll band that rivals anything anyone that's out there um you know they have an old sound they have that old um almond brothers um leonard skinnard sound um you know i wanted to say so badly it was like to me it's like this band is if zeppelin and leonard skinnard you know, came together, had a child, and Hippies and Cowboys is exactly what came out of it. Um, they have that very eclectic, you know, this is what we're doing, and fuck you if you don't like it. I love that attitude that they have. Um, they've got some great songs out. They have a, they have a new song that came out this week, um, which is a big reason why this, <laughs> this episode's coming out, um, because I want to promote them and push them, because I think what they're doing is fucking incredible. Um you know, we, we had a great conversation, um, in this, and it was one of those conversations that, um, you know, we started, I looked down at the timer and I was like, damn, we're already, you know, an hour into this. <laughs> it was like, I couldn't believe it. How fast the time went. Um, a big thank you to them, um, for taking the time first and foremost and, and being on the show. And, um, you know, I look forward to seeing what they come out with you know, going forward, you know, we talk about their music and, and their, their release schedule coming up and I'm not going to give too much away. I want you to listen to the episode and, and hear it. Um, but they have new music coming out this week. Go find it. Um, they have a Christmas tune out that we're going to play at some point this week. I think, I think, um, I think this week is going to be all Christmas tunes for songs of the day. Um, so yeah, so take a look, check it out. A big thank you again to hippies and cowboys for being on the show. Um, 
so really thank you everybody for being here and listening. If it's your first time here, um, check us out on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, all the, all the shit. Um, and we appreciate it greatly. Um, we'll catch you on the flip side, but if for some reason you don't, you don't listen all the way through, which you should, because you never know what kind of fun stuff is going to be at the end. Um, Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you so much. I hope you and your families enjoy your, your holiday season. Um, again, happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever, but you know, we say Merry Christmas in this house. So it's, it's Merry Christmas. Um, now here without further ado, hippies and cowboys. Enjoy. Artists, friends, local friends, and everybody looking for a little bit of Nashville here in central mass. Come check out off the rails in Worcester. You can go see their website, offtherailsworcester.com. They have their restaurant menu. They have their venue schedule. Go check them out. Real good friends of ours here at the show. You don't want to miss out on this place, offtherailsworcester.com. Again, restaurant, a little taste of Nashville, and a great music scene. Come check it out. Hey, guys. Hey, man. What's up? How's it going? Good. Can you hear us okay? I can hear you great. Can you hear me all right? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey podcast. Thanks for uh, thanks for being on today. Yeah, you bet, man. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's been a, it's kind of been a long time in the making for you guys to be on the show, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, we've been waiting for this for a while. Yeah, we, you know, uh, it's, it's been crazy busy, you know, between my schedule, your schedule. So that's, it's great that we can finally, you know, have you on. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, we're, we're, Glad to be here, man. Awesome. Awesome. So I know you've, I'm sure you've listened to every episode of this show so far. Of course. Are you kidding? Um, yeah. Hell yeah. But so if you, you know, for if you don't remember, this is all about you. You know, I want, you're going to tell your story. I, I literally have two questions for you and that's at the end of the show. For, other than that, I want you to tell your story from your perspective and I'll jump in as it goes. Okay, cool. Well, I guess, uh, where do we start here? Let's see. Almost four years ago, I was living in Kokomo, Indiana. And um, this is Aaron, by the way, Aaron Sparling. I'm I'm the singer. And um, anyhow, four years ago, I was living in Kokomo, Indiana. And my uncle had a honky-tonk up there. And I was uh, playing in the opening act for an artist that came through there called David Ball. And um, so anyhow, long story short, it's a blizzard that night, you know, it's snowing like crazy and uh, they come in and it ended up just being pretty much one big party between the bands, you know, and we stayed up partying all night, drinking, hooting, hollering. And then uh, at the end of the night, I asked David's band uh, if they wanted to be my band, I told them I was moving to Nashville in a month and I needed a band to start playing some gigs around the honky tonks there. And, um, they're like, yeah, sure. Great. We'll be your band. They probably didn't expect me to really come down. You know, <laughs> they were probably just saying that they're like, yeah, okay, cool. Sure. But a month later I showed up and gave him a call and I was like, Hey, I'm here. You guys ready to start rehearsing? And so, um, that's how I met Scott Metko, the drummer, the other guy sitting here. Hey, everybody. Hey, Scott. And um, we've been playing music together for almost four years now. And it started out with a completely different group. Um, back when I first moved here, that group that I was playing with, 
two of them dropped out and Scott was the only one that stayed with me since the very beginning. So pretty inter- interesting fact, but now we've got a, a big band. We've got a saxophone player and he also plays keys, banjo, mandolin, guitar, all kinds of stuff. His name's Zach Gilbert. And then we've got a guitar player named Victor Aruda and our bass player's name is Kevin Corbo. And this uh, specific lineup <clears throat> has been together for, I'd say, almost a year now. Um, but before that, we had uh, a couple other guys that started the band with us, you know, when, we, when it became Hippies and Cowboys. And the original guitar player, Andrew Lambie, played with us for over two years. And then, uh, you know, we just kind of went our own ways. We're all still great friends, love each other like brothers and everything. But you know, just some minor differences led us in opposite paths, and and that's okay. That happens sometimes. Um, but we also have a, a piano player named Nolan Brown that was also an original member, and he kind of just backed out halfway, started a new band, and he still plays with us very often, but, you know, he's not a full-time member anymore. Um, so that's the, the backstory on it. Um, we cut our teeth, you know, down on Broadway playing the nudie sets and, and all the crummy dive bars and stuff around town (laughs) really worked our asses off for, for quite a long time, you know, playing gigs five nights a week, writing and recording, you know, three to four nights a week. And, um, you know, in between that, trying to have a social life, you know, hanging out with your girlfriend and friends or whatever um so we really we've put our time in you know playing and and you know getting tight as a band and finally we settled down at kid rocks uh honky tonk down on broadway we play there three to five nights a week on the main floor and you can come and see our show any tuesday night um that's a guaranteed slot every week at 10 p.m so if anybody's listening and Wants to come see our show in Nashville? Come to Kid Rocks on a Tuesday. You'll see the best rock show in the whole entire town. <laughs> or that's search awesome. Hippies and Cowboys on Bands in Town, that app, that calendar app, and we post our tour calendar on a weekly basis. So you can always find us wherever we are around the country. We travel. So Bands Now, in- what does that look like for you guys when you're not, you know, when you're not in town, when you're not in Nashville? Like, where are you, where are you going as a unit um well we've gone lots of places you know typical touring act as well we we do a lot of most of our road work seems to be during the summer months you know and then it starts to slow down a bit in the winter um but we go all over the place we just played uh a week or two ago in um tallahassee florida at the university of florida Florida or florida state Yeah. yeah that's and then um we go to Texas, we've been to Vegas, we've been to Detroit, Indiana, Illinois, you name it. Pretty oh, much wow. all around Georgia, Ohio. You know, we go we go far and we're going to <laughs> North Carolina and South Carolina in February. Nice. It's going to be fun and then we're going next November, still ways out, but we'll be in Sacramento, California. So, wow. Have you guys ever been, have you been up to New England yet? No, we haven't made it up that way. We're we're looking forward to that. That's going to be a fun one. But 
we're really just um, basically all the shows that we get right now are self-booked. I mean, we book pretty much everything. We're a fully independent band at this point, and we do pretty damn well for being an independent band. Um, yeah. You know, we book all of our own gigs. We don't have a booking agent or none of that. And uh, we do pretty well for ourselves, you know. So um, we're looking forward to get up to the north, but we just haven't made it up that way yet. Yeah, we're still trying to work a market is basically what we're doing. We're trying to build a, a good market of surrounding um, states, you know, that are all like eight hours from Nashville. Just makes it easy to tour like yeah. that, you know. And then you build a fan base up in all those markets and they'll come out to your shows when you come to their town and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I live, that's where we are. We're up in New England and um, it's hard. It's, it's hard up here, man. Oh, I bet. How's the weather right now? Um, it's actually not bad today. Today, you know, um, for everybody listening, it's the day before Thanksgiving. So, um, you know, for us right now, it's mild. It's like just over 50. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's yeah. about 63, 64 degrees here today in Nashville. Yeah. Sunny. It's, it's beautiful. It, it had been so brutally cold the last week. And, and yesterday I walked outside of the house expecting to be freezing my nuts off. And then, uh, and then I walk outside and I'm like, wow, it's yeah. like 65 degrees. This feels great. Yeah, it's um, our weather up here the last few weeks has been crazy. You know, a couple of weeks ago, like two weeks ago, it was 75. And now it's, you know, it's, it's been in the 30s the last couple of nights and the 20s. It's, it's brutal. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah. I'm not a cold weather kind of guy. That's no, me neither. Kind of why I started moving further south from Indiana. You know, I just, I can't do the, the cold anymore. Yeah. No, 20, how, so, 22 years was enough. <laughs> so speaking of being in Indiana, how long before you decided, before that fateful night, I guess you could say, right? Yeah. Um, that blizzard. How long had you been playing music? How long were you doing that sort of thing for? Oh, man, I've been playing... You know, uh, quite a long time. I'm only 25 years old, and I've been playing for about 20 years now. <laughs> so since I was about five years old, three years old, really, I mean, I was playing piano, just always messing around with instruments. There was always guitars, pianos, and stuff around wherever I was living. Um, my stepdad was in a band, and my grandparents had musical instruments, so... I was just always really fascinated by instruments and the way they sounded, you know, and, and the way they looked. And I just loved it from the start. <laughs> so wow, I started awesome. playing guitar and piano at about five, six years old. And then um, and then I got uh, shit, lost my train of thought there. That damn text. I was like uh, probably 12 years old when I really started like getting into it you know, uh, like full time, hot and heavy. I started not caring about school and started caring more about instruments <laughs> about 12 years old, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's worked out. Hey, it did work out. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I don't regret my decisions when it comes to music at all. Anything I've done, you know? Yeah. Now, now if you don't mind, Scott, I know you have, you know, I've, I've looked into you guys, obviously, you know, to, to get ready. Sure. Uh, you have quite the, um, I want to say, musical rock and roll lineage yourself. 
I mean, <clears throat> I, I was fortunate enough to up the son of a professional musician. So before I even knew what was going on, I, apparently, according to my ma, I'm two years old crawling around on my dad's stage. And he was already on RCA Victor and Decca Records by that time. He had his own TV show. He was a very accomplished accordion player in the upper Midwest at a time when, you know, Lawrence Welk was on TV and Frankie Yankovic was, actually had hits on the radio. It was just a very different time. But all that to say, it was a professional musical environment. So I didn't know anything different, but he was playing every weekend and I just gravitated towards it. I just loved it. And he took time with everyone. He was this star musician, but he never acted like it. He was just always playing for the people, wanted to make sure it was never about him. It was just always about entertaining the people and making sure they were happy. And before I knew any different, I just soaked all that up and I just wanted to play in that band. So uh, I got a drum set when I was 10 and it just started. I was playing with my dad's band six months later and it was just easy because it was right there. Yeah. That's now what I'm not, you know, you, you hear all the time when parents are successful or, or whatever and something, you know, it kind of is is forced upon you as a kid. Now, was that, was that your, is that how you felt at ever? Not at all. No. Not at all. Again, according to my mom, she says, she said, I was, this is her exact words. She said, you were beaten on everything since you were two. So apparently I just had some rhythm or whatever that had to come out. And I remember being like nine years old and I was taking spoons and chopsticks <laughs> onto those metal canisters that you got in the kitchen, you know, yeah, one yeah. flour in it, one has the sugar in it, one has the noodles in it. And I dented up the top of those metal canisters. And she says, all right, you're getting some drums. So they got me a drum. I don't even know if I remember asking for drums. I must have, but I just remember getting this little drum set for my 10th birthday. And I just started playing along to my dad's stuff. I wanted to be on TV playing with him. I just idolized him because he was just this rock star musician. Yeah. So I wanted to play music with him. So I started practicing, you know, the polkas and the waltzes and all that dance band stuff that they did. And my parents were divorced. And I distinctly remember um, my dad coming over to our house on his lunch hour to audition me. He walked downstairs and I played a couple polkas for him, played along like with records or whatever I had. And he says, okay, you're, uh, you're ready. You, you can, you can play on the show with us. And it, it was never a forced upon thing. I guess wow. I just, uh, he, there was an eight piece band and I just started I guess I do remember just watching the drummer, just yeah. hanging out by the drummer, getting to know him, asking stuff. So I guess there was an interest. I gravitated towards the drums at like eight or nine and showed enough interest that my parents got together and got me a little drum set. That's awesome. Now, do you, did you know how, uh, how successful or how much of a big deal your father was at the time? Or did you not realize the impact until later in life? I actually did because my grandma his mom pulled out these photos. I remember sitting on the living room floor at my grandparents' house. She pulled out these photos. And I remember this endorsement photo of my dad 
endorsing the same brand of accordion as Myron Florn, who was the accordionist in the, on the Lawrence Welk show. Everybody watched Lawrence Welk every Sunday night at six o'clock. So he was this, you know, he was kind of like the Johnny Carson of, of 6 p.m. on Sundays. Everybody yeah. tuned in and watched this variety show. So everybody knew who this accordionist was. Even me as a little kid, five or six years old, my parents would, or my mom would watch the Lawrence Welk show. So I knew this dude. And I remember seeing an endorsement photo of my dad endorsing the same pancordian as Lawrence Welk and Frank and Frankie Yankovic. Hey everyone, don't forget to check out our friends over at theafterglowboutique.com. That's theafterglowboutique.com. Or if you're local, they have a great shop at 43 Main Street in Blackstone, Massachusetts. All Boots and Whiskey podcast listeners get 20% off at checkout with the promo code BOOTS. That's B-O-O-T-S at checkout for 20% off at theafterglowboutique.com. Check them out. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. And I remember thinking, whoa, dad's got it going on. That's so cool. I did know. And then the way people treated him when we, when we were out playing gigs, just lining up to talk to him, um, I could tell. I mean, I knew he had his own band in the 50s, 60s. And I, yeah, I did have it of what was going on. That's cool. That, that's awesome. Um, now, do you think that has helped you, you know, seeing that lifestyle, you know, has that helped you know what to do and what not to do in your career, your personal career, you know, even before, uh, um, the Cowboys, what it's helped me is the motivation of why I do it. Yeah. Because I want to do it for the same reasons that my dad wanted to do it. And I would go through kind of in my music develop musical development and I'd hang out with all these other musicians my age and they'd all be sitting in their practice rooms working on all these hot licks and trying to be the fastest and the loudest and the sexiest and and all that stuff trying to attract the girls and all their different motivations and all I ever really wanted to do was to play music for people and make them happy just like my dad that that was always a motivation and sure it was fun and sure it was fun to get the attention of girls and all that stuff. Um, but it's like the main reason I did it, I never wanted to show off and be the fastest dude. I just wanted to play music that I enjoyed and I wanted to play it for people. That was my motivation. And when I met Aaron, he's doing it for the same reason. He yeah. wants to make a difference in people's lives. So other people I have played with over the years. He mentioned David Ball. He was on Warner Brothers in the 90s. He had a couple number ones. I would sit next to him and I could see he did it for the people as well. And he yeah. would take people on a journey. 90 minutes later, everybody in the room was in a different place than when we started. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Aaron. It's the same thing with most people I think I've played with that I, I have always tried to tried. I just the whole ego thing of I'm just going to be the fastest and I'm going to be the flashiest and I'm going to be, that was just never it for me. I, I, it was just never the reason. So, and that's to this day, I'm not the youngest man in this band and I'm still doing it and I can't stop because I just want to do it for people. That's awesome. That's, that's incredible. Now, Aaron, when, what was the deciding factor to come to Nashville? 
the deciding factor was, um, you know, growing up in a small town in the Midwest, uh, you don't have very many options, you know, as far as uh, musical careers go. So you get bored playing the same clubs, you know, every Friday and Saturday. Plus, you can only play gigs on Friday and Saturday. And the gig pay sucks. And it's incredibly hard to find any good musicians in those towns that want to actually start something serious that don't have a baby or a wife and, uh, you know, a nine to five job that ties up all their time. So I, I needed to get out of that place and find some more like-minded people and a community of musicians, you know, that are trying to do the same thing. And, uh, it was probably the best decision I've ever made in my life to get out of there and come here. I, I have a great life here and made lots of great friends and, and people I call family now. And I, I love my life here. So yeah. All right. I, go ahead. I have a question for Aaron. Could I jump in here and ask a question? Absolutely. Okay. Aaron, the day we were set to play together, when you opened up for David ball, did you have that idea in your head that day? Like I'm going to go try to get his band tonight. No, I didn't. Honestly, I, I didn't think that at all. I didn't even really know who David Ball was, to be honest with you. I knew he's a country star, and my uncle had hired him to come there, and I got to play a gig. So I think I was more excited that I just got to play a gig that night. Uh, but it turned out to be so great because we all kind of just hit it off, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that the bond happened, and I was like, oh, I think I could probably be in a band with these guys, you know, if I – Maybe they want to be in a band with me, too. So I just struck up the courage to ask, and that was that. But I didn't really premeditate that or, or think I'm going to try and steal them. Because, hell, I didn't even know how you guys played, you know, right. until right. we started started jamming together. And it was a fun night. I'm telling you, it was uh, just a special night that you never forget, you know. Yeah, it really was. I mean, we get there and his uncle in soundcheck kind of comes up to me and elbows me and says, hey, check out my nephew. He's pretty darn good. And I'm and I'm being polite and I'm like, OK, if I'm thinking, yeah, exactly. Everybody's got a niece or a nephew or somebody's <laughs> kid that should be on American Idol. And, oh, they're awesome. And you got to check them out. It's like, OK, sure. That's good. Well, it turned out he was and a good dude and good on stage and talented and energy and all that stuff. So in the back room, when he comes to us in front of the Grammy winning multi-platinum artist trying to take his band right in front of him, <laughs> like, Hey, y'all want to be my band? <laughs> we all looked at each other like, okay, he doesn't know what he's asking, but we've, right. we've been hanging out for like six to eight hours. So we know he's a good dude already. So there was like this little pause where no one said anything. <laughs> and I just, I, I, I smiled and I said, okay, if you're in Nashville in a month, sure will be your band. <laughs> Figuring it was all big talk in the back room and he wasn't going to be there in a month. And sure enough, he shows up in a month. And I remember looking at my phone going, okay, the dude keeps his word. That's a good first impression. Let's give him a shot. Wow. That's nuts. So that's actually how it happened. And then we get rehearsing and I could hear him sing absolutely anything, anything. 
I never heard anybody sing John Fogarty like John Fogarty, Steve Perry like Steve Perry, Steven Tyler, Mellencamp, all the most difficult vocals in the history of rock and roll. And he's singing them right here in this in this rehearsal hall. So I'm like, okay, I don't know where this is going, but I'm in. <laughs> it started off really slow, you know, it, it was really up and down a lot starting off. Uh, just because the musicians really, it was always pretty much me and Scott and the other guys, you know, I think me and Scott hit it off more so than everybody else. We had a bigger yeah. connection and the other guys were just kind of like, probably just doing it because Scott was doing it. And yeah, it was just know. another gig. It, it was just another yeah. gig. The early guys, it was just another gig. <coughs> and I knew he had the potential <coughs> to do Excuse big me. things. I didn't know when or where or how, but I just knew he had, he had the talent to do something great. And that's, that's, that's all I needed. That's yeah. all I needed to stay in. Now, how, how did you guys decide on the sound that you have? Cause it's very, um, you know, it's a little more rock and roll than, you know, I would say country, but it has all of the elements. Well, growing up, I had always loved, you know, country music. That's what I really first started as a young kid. I loved Elvis and Johnny Cash and Merle Haggard, Waylon Jennings. All that kind of stuff was uh, really what I was brought up on, you know, kind of from a young age. But then I would start hearing my parents playing classic rock and, you know, and my cousins showed me the Beatles and that really was like a game changer for me. Yeah. Cause after I heard the Beatles, I was hooked on that. You know, I kind of stopped listening to so much Elvis and Johnny cash and stuff like that. Started listening to Led Zeppelin and the doors and Tom Petty and all that. And I was just hooked. And then in later years, I'd always had this fascination with horns. I think, uh, and a lot of the music I listened to, but I didn't really know it. I didn't really think about horns and the sound, you know, until uh, about three years ago. I just was had like this realization that all the great music that I like has horns and stuff in it, you know. And, and I thought that it'd be really cool to make a soul record. And that was pretty much the whole like beginning of Hippies and Cowboys, pretty much our mission at was to make a cool, like, southern rock and soul, you know. Yeah. And so we did that, and our sound has kind of evolved, you know, from, uh, like, a country-esque rock sound into, like, a, a southern soul and rock sound, you know, a mixture. But it does have all the elements of, of you know, traditional country roots. And um, so our sound, as far as that goes... I think it just developed over all of our love for soul music. I think the reason uh, we started to want to make a soul record is because on the road, I had Sirius XM satellite radio, and we would always listen to um, the soul station. I forget what it was called. Oh, damn. Uh, anyhow, it was like a, maybe the, it might have been just soul, but uh, we used to listen to that, man, and we all loved it that we we loved it like we did you know because i didn't know anybody else listened to that music you know and then when i found out everybody else loved it too i was like well why don't we just try and make something that sounds like this and that's what we started doing and then just over time you know and we set out to make this soul record and have this soul sound but 
over time, we just kind of developed our own kind of sound with these these kind of soul roots with some rock and roll mixed into it, you know. But I think, honestly, um, we've got a kind of a distinct sound that's a little different from everybody else, especially because my voice is a lot different than most people's. I'm really kind of raspy and, and, you know, I can hit high notes, but it doesn't sound like a really high note because I still have that raspiness, I think, to my voice. But I think uh, that's a distinct part of our sound is my voice and, um, you know, just all the instrumentation that we have. And, and the fact we've been playing together for so long, you know, just developing a sound that together, you know, is... Uh, what makes it so cool and special yeah for sure you know it's 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 great you know because you guys you know from what i've heard you know you guys are pretty pretty in sync pretty pretty well together yeah you know that comes from hours upon hours of playing together we play usually like three to five nights a week for four hours at a time right and we've been doing that for almost four years now, you know, so uh, really I'd say like two years yeah. as hard yeah. as we're working now. It's been like a two year stint where we've pretty much maybe taken like two weeks. I'd imagine there's probably only been around two weeks in the last two years that we've taken, you know, like a consecutive week off because we Damn. really I can only think of one time I went to Mexico for a week. And yeah, but we kept playing. We found, didn't we find subs for you? And we kept playing. Yeah, true. Yeah. So it's, it's really, I mean, being in Nashville, this is the only place in the country, maybe in the world where you can, where musicians can make a great living every day, can play every day, make, make decent money. So you can quit your day job. You can quit your construction job, your serving job. And all the guys in the band did that over time and you can just focus on making on playing music and yes you're playing a lot of covers but it's like the beatles went to munich and they played how many years just playing covers and they got themselves tight as a band and because we're in nashville we're doing the same thing so yeah go go ahead. ahead well what's good about especially you know a lot of people talk a lot of crap about you know, real bands don't play other people's music and all those ignorant assholes that like to talk a bunch of crap, you know. Uh, but honestly... I a, oh, hold on. I take offense to that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. But, right. um, you know, uh, it just helps you so much, believe it or not, because you're playing for four hours. Whether you're playing covers or not, you're playing together for four yeah. hours at a time you know, multiple days a week and you start to get super tight and you're just get to a point where you can read each other's minds and, and you know where each other's are, you know, going to go next and, and what they're going to do and how it's going to sound. And, and you just, and on top of that, you form like a family bond almost, you know, you become brothers and family and, um, you know, so, so playing like that is really great. And it also, gives us the ability like scott said to to only focus on music so you know most people are working eight hours a day you know sitting at a desk or swinging a hammer and 
we're working four hours at night, but we're writing all day long or recording, you know, and so it really frees up time to make it a full-time job. This is a full-time job. Yeah. You know, we're working our eight hours playing shows, writing music, recording music, you know. Doing podcast interviews, just, you know? <laughs> all, just, just all the things. I mean, you've right. got to spend time with promotion and social media. And we were on an, a branding call yesterday for over an hour it's just all the things you have to do. This is, this yeah. is time. This is fun. It's, it's hard work. Also, don't forget our friends over at hogwash and rhinestones.com. Our good friend Ray is the owner over there. She makes incredible clothing that you've seen all over the place from Nashville to Boston to everywhere in between some really big names have worn her stuff. That's hogwash, the letter N rhinestones.com. Check them out. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. You won't be disappointed. Check them out. Hogwashandrhinestones.com. Yeah. And, you know, you're on you're on probably the greatest pod, music podcast in the world. So. Well, of course. Of course. That's you know. why we're here right now. Listen. That's why we're making everyone else line up outside and wait to talk right. to us until this is done. <laughs> <laughs> they all want autographs and T-shirts. Uh-huh. You know, hell yeah. Um, so... You know, you that guys are doing <laughs> what's that? So that guy's standing outside filming us. Yeah, right we now. got the paparazzi. We got the I don't know. TM... Hey, shut the blinds. Hey, TMZ, no no t- TMZ, not today, not today. <laughs> All right. Oh man, that's awesome. <laughs> no, how, so how did you guys get your gig down at Kid Rocks, and so you know so regularly? Well, that there is an interesting story. <laughs> so I started playing there. Uh, 2019 is shortly the first 2019 year. yeah first, first year, year i was here um i started filling in there as a singer for a band called wrestle with jimmy and it was a super cool fun gig they're a great band and i think i found them just by being new in town and going out and hanging out down there and i was like i really liked the music they were playing and so i i started filling in with them and um I guess I got a little too wild a few times and they fired me <laughs> from from the band. They said that I was just a little more than they could bite off or handle at that moment or something like that, you know. And uh <clears throat> so they fired me and then I moved on and started my own group and then uh maybe a year year or two later um I started hitting them up and mind you all this time, once we started the hippies and cowboys, we started chasing kid rocks from the very beginning, even before hippies and cowboys, I got fired from there just from that band. I don't know if it was specifically from there, but you know, maybe it was, well, I guess definitely got blacklisted for a while. Yeah. Um, Cause we were chasing kid rocks pretty much from the beginning, you know, since we started and, we got one meeting with him and I walked in there and he's like, so what do you want to do? And I was like, I want a job. He's like, well, what do you got? Show me some videos. And I didn't have like anything to show him. Yeah. So they just pretty much wrote me off. And, uh, we spent Scott, especially spent years, multiple days a week chasing these guys, calling them, emailed them. Hey, we're playing here. Come check us out. Blah, 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 blah. 
and nobody would ever show up, you know? And, and then, uh, I met a girl named Rachel Blunt, who is also a singer at Kid Rocks and she's really badass. You guys got to go check her out. If you, if you've been to Nashville on a Monday night at Kid Rocks and it was probably Rachel playing and she puts on a hell of a show. She's a great person too. But, um, anyhow, I met her, we became friends and I started just sitting in with her band quite often, you know, and, um, I guess somehow she talked the management into giving me a second chance and bringing me back in. And we started playing like the third floor and the second floor and the rooftop for, you know, close to over a year, I'd imagine just putting our dues in, you know, and cutting our teeth there. And eventually we started getting some main stage gigs and, you know, because I would just text the guy, the booker guy, I would text him and be like, whoever you have downstairs is just doing terrible right now. We just stayed open till closing time on the third floor and it was so packed you couldn't move through there. But downstairs, you know, there's hardly anybody down there, which was the truth, you yeah, know, and yeah. I wasn't just doing it out of spite to, you know, be a dick and get a better spot. It was more so just truthfulness and we were putting in the hard work and everybody else wasn't. So you know, that's how we moved up through the ranks. We just really started working hard. And I mean, really hard. It was and- a long process because this, this, this gal, Rachel, that he's talking about, I mean, you can't gl- gloss over that. She advocated for us. She could see the talent in Aaron. He would sit in and just light the crowd up. And I'm there up in the wings videotaping how the crowd is reacting so then he's taking these videotapes, these, these little clips, and sending them into the booking guy. At the same time, she is going to the booking guy saying, you got to hire this dude. you got to give him a chance. He is too good not to be playing here. She, she went to bat for us hard that's with awesome. management because she believed in Aaron as well. And that's how we got to start there. And we didn't have to start playing the little stages Tuesday from two to six in the afternoon. We started with weekend shifts, evening weekend shifts. So we jumped the line quite a bit to start with. And then as Aaron said, we looked at every one of those shifts as a main stage shift. We would start off with one. I mean, this is, if you've never been to Kid Rocks, it's four stories. Yeah. And the second and third floor get very few people there were nights where we started off with nobody in the room and Aaron would work it so hard and we're there backing him up he would pull people off the elevator as they would like stick their head out going okay what's going on on this floor what's going on on this floor and we'd get five people and build it to 10 and build it to 15 and 25 and we would we would build a crowd up by just working our tails off, hitting song after song after song. And then it's, as he said, we would have them whipped into a frenzy and they couldn't not notice that we were taking those small stages and just rocking the crap out of them. I'm sure they were looking at the numbers, you know, because uh, I would always get texts, you know, saying great job by the management and everything because we would be the busiest floor, you know, and usually the main stage is always the busiest, but 
doesn't matter what floor you put us on. We're going to make sure that we're the busiest, you know, because we just uh, we're driven and very determined, you know, and and um, we strive to be the best we can be. And I think uh, our attitude really gets us pretty far because most people treat it like a job, like they're clocking in and yeah. clocking out. We treat it, you know, as like we leave it all out on the stage. I pour my heart and soul out every show because I love to do it. And, you know, that shows very much. Some people are very jaded down there. <clears throat> And don't really give a shit, and you can tell. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they're like, we've been doing this for four or five years, you know, and and they, yeah, they have the best shifts because they've been doing it so long. But you can tell they're just not happy doing it, and you know, I think it sets us apart because you can tell that we really love it. I mean, we really yeah. do. Yeah, we love the hell out of it, and it's something that I'll be doing for the rest of my life. You know. I don't think there's any retirement in music, <laughs> you know. So. No, I mean you can't retire from from something you love. So yeah, uh, that, they're, they're, I I love that. You know, it's because you can hear even in, in the, even in the conversation, you can hear, you know, the passion that you have for what you're doing, and it's um, yeah. unfor you know, fortunately for you, unfortunately for you know some some of the some of the interviews I've done, um you know, it, it makes a difference. It really, really does. You know, you can tell the people exactly like you said that are, you know, treated as a nine to five, you know, sort of, sort of speak and, you know, clock in and clock out. And, you know, it's, they're just in a groove or, you know, in that mindset, but if you really love it, you can tell, and you can tell with you guys, you really, really love it. There absolutely. There's people that ask me just generally, like maybe parents of, kids that want to try to do it and they're they're asking me questions like what does it take or how do I know I should be doing this and I just tell people if you have to do it if you if it has to come out of you if you can't rest unless you're doing it then you should probably be doing it if this is just going to be like well I could I could go to college for nursing or I could try my hand in singing or I could whatever it's not going to work. You have to need to do this. It has to come out of you. I know songwriters that just have to write songs. They yeah. just have to tell stories. So if you have to do it, then you've got a shot. If you don't have that burning desire, it's, it's, I mean, you could be in a weekend band, I suppose, play some weddings and make some country club money and play sweet Caroline the rest of your life. But oh, if, please you, don't. if you have to do it, <laughs> If it has to come out of you, then you've got a chance. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's all going to come together because you still got to have a good team of people. You have to find talented people. Like Aaron said, you can't sit in a little town and deal with a band full of other people. Everybody's got to be on the great mind, the same mindset. So you got to have all that, but it's not going to happen unless you have to do it. Yeah. I firmly believe that. Yeah. Tom Petty said, if you have to think about your career, you probably don't have one. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, I know I told you I had no questions except for the two at the end, but I do. It's something I wanted to touch upon because I've seen it over and over and over again in different places. We're um, an open book. Now, you, earlier this year, you were on stage at Kid Rocks, and I'm not going to mix words here. One of not my favorite country artists um joined you on stage um and that being zach brown how was that 
That was awesome, man. Honestly. I bet. I uh, bet. <clears throat> I got Zach Brown, he turned out <clears throat> excuse me, he turned out to be a super nice guy. Um and I'm I'm not the biggest fan. Like I'm not a huge fan of him. I respect him as a musician and an artist and uh He's got some good music, but I've never been like the biggest Zach Brown fan. But he got up there, and what was really cool, instead of playing his own songs, he played Tom Petty and Bill Withers. And I really thought that was awesome because that's the music that I like, you know. And I was like, we could bond over that. And it was just a really cool experience, you know. And it helped us out kind of get a little bit of notoriety as well, you know, some viral videos and stuff. So that was cool, you know. And what he said at the end, I got to tell because Aaron either doesn't want to brag on himself or he forgot this little tidbit. (laughs) But at the end, Zach comes up and gives him a hug and tells him that we're the best band he's ever seen on Broadway. That's awesome. Which I believed because that's something he wouldn't have had to say. Oh, yeah. no. Most most guys would be like, hey, man, great. Thanks for letting me sit in. Great. You guys rock and just walked off the stage. But he said this is you're the best band i've ever seen on broadway and he's logged 15 plus years in this town right he right. worked so hard the thing i respect about him is he worked his band so hard that he had every record label lined up wanting to sign him right he did the work and drew people to him it wasn't this begging thing of please sign me please sign me here's my promo pack Here's my EPK. Please, please. <laughs> yeah. He knocked it out of the park throughout the Southeast, packing in the clubs, did the hard work. He drew people to him. So they noticed, and every record label in Nashville was lined up ready to sign him. That's yeah. the way to do it, in my opinion. Yeah, it really is. You know, we, um, when Zach came out on the scene, or for, you know, that year where he was winning Grammys and nobody knew who the hell he was and chicken fried was out, you know, and all that stuff. Um, You know, we got into him quite a bit then, you know, and then as time went on, you know, for me, you know, I just got less and less interested in what he was doing because it it was moving away from that that sound from that first. Exactly. I hear you. The first, the first three albums were stellar. Oh, they were fantastic. They were probably the best, you know, some of the best country albums in the last 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and then, you know, you, you know how sometimes, you know, the stardom and whatnot gets to your head and, and all that. Was all, uh, yeah, there's all kinds of reasons, you know. Yeah, of course. Um, so, you know, it, I've only really started to get back into him over the last year or so because I think the music is getting back to where it was. Or, yeah, you know, absolutely. It, yeah, he's going uh, back to his roots. Yeah. I think um, yeah. he was. Uh, I think maybe he was just going through an experimental period. Yeah. A lot of artists do. They're like, you get tired of the same sound for after three albums. You're like, shit, yeah. I kind of want to change it up and try new things. And and I think that's what he did. And a lot of his fans disagreed with with the change, but I think it was probably for the best. You yeah. know, you got to try everything. You got to try new sounds, and you know, or else you get burnt out. You know, yeah. just because. Yeah monotonous and you don't enjoy it anymore you know it it kind of reminds me of you know i'm a big luke combs fan and i have been since before oh yeah before luke was luke right yeah and um you know i say it all the time you know he's on album number what three now or two you know and i say it to my wife all the time it's like 
okay, we need an album that doesn't sound like the last two. You know, and yeah. it's, I mean, I'm sure he'll get there. I'm sure he'll do something different, you know, but it's, but you're right. You know, he'll, these, these artists, these bands will have the same sound for a couple of albums and do something, um, you know, weird or crazy or, or whatever. And people will get all pissed off and <laughs> stop listening and then they'll go yeah. back to what they were doing. Yep. You know what I think happened in country music? I think, I, I, this is just my opinion, but I think it was kind of a Taylor Swift effect. Yeah. Everybody, especially in the country community, they saw what happened when a, when a country artist crossed over and had so much success with pop. Yeah. And I saw a lot of artists. Well, let me see if I can do that. Yeah. I think Zach Brown tried that. Yeah. I know the band Perry tried that. They went from this great acoustic vocally based right. country. And then they went into this dance pop thing. And yeah. Totally lost their way and lost their crowd. Yep. But they wanted to cross over and, and be pop. And yeah. Taylor Swift was able to pull it off for many reasons, but not everybody can do that. No. Um, of course, we can't forget our friends at the Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company out of Canada. That's drsupplyco.com. They have great stuff. All of the hats I pretty much wear, all the camo hats you see me wear either on TikTok or in pictures or whatnot all come from the dirt road scholar supply company a big thank you to those guys out there drsupplyco.com check them out canadian company great stuff check them out so i think there's some of that but again you see a lot of artists i mean even before taylor swift you see a lot of artists experiment and well let's try this and let's try that or you get a band like acdc that unapologetically will say well we just did the 20th album. It sounds just like the last 19 and, they, and they're <laughs> right. proud of it. They've never yeah. changed and they're proud of it. Well, so, man, let's talk about longevity, man. Right. Yeah. Hey, if it's they, working. They did it. They've done it. So. so now for a night like that, right. Does somebody come up to you, Aaron, and taps you on the shoulder and says, Hey, Zach's in the wings. He's going to come up here. Or does Zach just get on stage and is like, Hey, I'm going to sing a couple. That's exactly what happened. Uh, our buddy, Dean James, um, which is another great artist that plays there. Great six ten. I mean, fantastic singer. Just signed a record deal with Sony and Kid Rock and stuff. He's he's a super good dude. Super talented. But I guess he he must have been writing a song with Zach or something. And him and Zach came in to the VIP and Dean tapped me on the shoulder and introduced me to him. I was like, hey. It's, you know, this is Zach, and then Zach was like, "Hey, man, I want to sing a song," and I was like, "Cool, fuck yeah, no problem." I was like, "What do you want to? You want to play chicken fried?" And he's like, he he laughed. He's like, "Hell no." He's like, "How about some Tom Petty?" And uh, so he got up there and played "You Don't Know How It Feels" by Tom Petty, which was that's one of my favorite artists. Tom Petty's one of my favorites. Yeah, me when too. he said I that, actually... I was like, I fully expected him to get up there and play one of his songs, you know, and. But he got up there and played one of my favorites, and I thought that was really yeah. cool, you know. And then after that, he played "Use Me Up" by Bill Withers for a second song. That was even cooler, man. Oh yeah, I remember yeah. thinking, "Yes, he called a song I know, and I can play the fire out of it." <laughs> and, and and so did our bass player. I knew it, or he knew it. So we just laid down this groove, and it was fan freaking tastic. That's awesome. You know, Petty Petty was the first concert I ever saw. It was the first part, concert my parents ever took me to. No way. That's yeah. awesome. I yeah, saw like, him. 
on his 40th anniversary tour right before he died, like four shows before he died. So I was lucky enough. And Joe Walsh opened the show. It was killer. Yeah, I got to see Petty twice. Uh, my parents had seen him a bunch of times, but I saw him um, that first time. That was in like 1999. And then I saw him play Fenway the one and only time he did. It was it was incredible. Wow, man, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, he's a rest in peace, man. He's a legend. Yeah, he sure I love is. Tom Petty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy how you know a lot of these greats are now gone. You know what? Yeah, they're they're more and more going every day, man. Yeah. But you know, hey, that's a part of life. Their music will live on forever. You know. That's true. Now, now tell me, what do you guys got plans? You know, what what is your what is your 2023 looking like for you guys? Like, obviously you're going to be doing shows and, and all that stuff, but you know, with the music, cause you got, what do you got coming out? So 2022 was obviously a, a busy, busy year. And we actually just started putting out music this year. I think it was February was the first month we released our first single 20 to life. And um, at that point, we really weren't super sure what the the future was going to be like for the band. We had these great songs where we went down to Muscle Shoals, Alabama and recorded about 10 to 14 songs, you know, early in the year. And we had it all uh, mixed and mastered and everything. And, and so we started releasing music and, and then the band, started to come into some turmoil, you know, and, and losing members and members parting ways, going different ways. So we weren't really sure what the future of the band was looking like at that point. And it was really just mainly me and Scott and Kevin, the bass player. So we just kept releasing music and the stuff that we had all while trying to figure out what's happening in the band and who's going to be in it. And if it's even going to be a band anymore and, you know, there's all these thoughts of maybe it won't be, and I'm thinking about doing another project, and but it worked out. You know, this year, I'd say like March, we just started hitting it really heavy, because at the first half of the year it was just really kind of a little depressing, you know, and like uh, really uncertain about what the future of it was, and then um, we met. Victor, our new guitar player, who's become one of our really great friends and brothers. And and so he's in full time. So we get him and then the work just starts pouring in like crazy. You know, I'd say like the the first show we had with him was in Mississippi. It was a road date. First time I ever met him. First show that he ever went on was in Mississippi. And I feel like after that show and after that, just seemed like work started getting super busy and we just didn't really have time to think about all the negative stuff that had been happening. And we just started grinding and writing new music and recording more new music. And um, so that's how that's worked this year, man. And, and we just started releasing music. We've got five songs out now on Spotify. We've got uh, a cover of sitting on the dock of the Bay by Otis Redding out, which is super cool. And we've got a music video for our first single, 20 to Life, out. If you haven't seen that, you got to go check that out because it's super cool. We put a lot of time and effort into it. And um, 
it's a great piece of art, man. Yeah. And we also put a Christmas song out for those of you that are in the Christmas spirit already. You got to go check out our song. It's called Santa Claus is Coming Tonight. And it's just like a classic. Sounds like it came right out of the 50s, you know. And that's what I really wanted. I wanted to be that classic kind of Christmas sound, you know. It warms your heart when you hear it. That's so, awesome. So that's what we've got out as of this year. And we've got one more song coming out on the 30th of December called Bing Bang Boom. And it's a single. And then um, and in the new year, January 20th, I believe, we're going to put out our first EP. Nice. So, so at the very beginning of the year, you're going to get an EP from us, which is going to be good. It's, it's going to have uh, a few new songs on it, as well as some older ones, which will be really cool and kind of resurface our, our previous works, you know. But, um, yeah, we've got a full schedule um, of releases planned for next year so wow they'll be expecting a lot more some more music videos and um, some special releases on on some holidays and um, some cool covers we've got some some cool covers whipped up and uh, a lot of real great new music coming out next year plus hopefully we really plan to maybe hopefully by summer be on an opening slot for some artist or somebody on a tour, you know, that's really the plan as well. So we're working hard and we're trying to get there one day at a time, you know? Yeah. Well, you guys are killing it. You really are. I love, I love the story. I love how this has all come together for you. It's, it's really nice to, you know, hear the passion you guys have, you know, behind what you're doing and, you know, believing in what you're doing. It's, it's unfortunately, you know, like we talked about, you don't always get it right. You get you get obviously everybody loves what they do, you know. But you know, there's a difference between love and passion, and you guys definitely have the passion. Absolutely, man. Well, you know, it, it's not hard to find in us. You know, I don't know. It's just something that comes natural, and we just love doing it so much that you know, it's it's just all genuine passion that comes from very easy. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, I I can't thank you guys enough for taking your time. I know time is super valuable in what you guys do. Um, so, you know, your time taken away from, from your careers, you know, to do this doesn't, you know, isn't, isn't lost on me. That's for sure. Um, hey, well, thank you, man. I don't look at it as a loss. I think uh, this is part of our career. You yeah. Know? So yeah. I guess, you know? kinds of things. And so thank you for having us. Really. Of course. It's helping us out. Of course. So now I got the most important part of this show is going to come right now. Now, the two questions I have for you are this. What are your boots of choice and what is your whiskey of choice? <laughs> All right. Well, that's easy for me. I love Justin's boots. Uh, Justin's are great. And I love Jameson. So Nice. Did you ask for boots or booze, Jim? Boots. 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 Yeah. You, you've heard of Justin boots, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Justin's are great, man. And I wear cowboy boots, really. I'm not a huge square-toed boot guy. I like the old-school cowboy shit kickers, you know? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and then Jameson, you know? And I'm not really a, a huge whiskey guy. I'm more of a tequila guy. But I do enjoy a Jameson with a pickleback. You, you know, know? What? it's funny you say that because I've, every time I've asked this question recently, you know, if somebody's not into whiskey, you know, the next – thing they say is tequila and you know what i cannot for the life of me 
get into tequila. Yeah, tequila. <laughs> oh, man. You haven't had the right stuff yet. I, you know, I guess so. Because, you know, to be fair, I don't know if you guys know who Lacey K. Booth is. She was on Idol and all this yeah, stuff. Um, her, I ran into her a couple of weeks ago and did an interview with her. And we had this conversation about tequila. And she, like, made me do tequila shots with her. And, you know... <laughs> if my wife hears this episode she's not gonna like this too much but she's not hard on the eyes you know so it's like oh okay pretty girl wants to do tequila shots i'm there uh, yeah, <laughs> you know <of> but um <laughs> but yeah you know it was all right i mean i don't know if it would be my drink of choice though i don't you know i just well i'm sure i'm the probably the same way with whiskey i, I haven't yes. really experimented you know there's so many kinds of liquor i was sitting at the bar the other day and i was just looking at the liquor wall and there's just hundreds of different kinds of whiskeys. And, and so I'm sure if I experimented enough, I'd find something that I liked and that I could drink regularly, but who's got time to sit and drink all the time. (laughs) I mean, yeah, right. (laughs) It was more of a sarcastic question. You got to find some good tequila and you just got to sip it. You know, you, Oh, no, don't sip it. Don't sip it. Tequila. I hate the taste of tequila. Honestly, I like the way it makes you feel, you know? Yeah. Compared to all the other liquors, you know, it's either like, I I just feel like Patron is really clean and I don't feel sick and like bloated and, and get this acid reflex feeling that I usually get from doing shots of whiskey or, or vodka or anything like that, you know? And honestly, the pickleback with Jameson is a, another easy one that I can really shoot. It's, it's good stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's the picklebacks are good with with a lot of different things, though. Yeah, I'm 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 starting to experiment a little with the whiskey side, and you know, I got a bunch of stuff here. I'm looking at it, and you know, half of my collection's open, half of it isn't, you know, because I get stuff sent to me, and they're like, oh, so, you know, try this and give us a review, and um, you know. I like to I like to drink, but I'm not you know I'm not si- exactly I'm not sitting here drinking all day. Uh, yeah, I mean, but well, if anybody wants know, to pay me to, do I'm not that, really a, do I'm it. not really a, like a I don't just enjoy the taste of liquor and stuff. So I'm not the kind of guy that likes to sit and sip whiskey or you know and just taste it for the for the love of the taste and all that because i'm just or any liquor in that case yeah. if, if i'm gonna be that way i like beer more I, i'm a beer guy you know? yeah and i like to take shots just to get a little buzz going you know but i'm not a not a huge fan of just sipping liquor because i think it all tastes like shit yeah, <laughs> I love wrong. Right. wrong you gotta spend money on it Okay, get yourself whatever um, George Clooney's tequila. I forget the name of it. The stuff he came out with in the last year or two. Get yourself some of the George Clooney tequila and sip it. Makes it gives get, me the chills. Just hang on. Just I'm trying to make a statement here. Get you some Don Julio 1948 or 1942 tequila and sip it, and it'll it, it's a completely different experience than that clear watery crap that you shoot at the bars it's it's not even in the same category all right so that's that's my advice that's that's my tequila advice that's all i'm gonna say about that 
<laughs> Forrest Gump, everybody. Right, right. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I like my Tony Lama's boots and my Tennessee Sour Mash whiskey. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I love, I love a good Tennessee whiskey. You guys down there in Nashville, you guys got a great one called Nelson's Greenbrier. Oh, yes. I love yes. Nelson's so much. They got it going on here for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I keep emailing them and being like, hey, do you guys want to be a sponsor of the show? And they're like, they sponsor oh. a lot of people down here. I, see I that know. Everywhere. And that's, that's my thing. That's my thing. Yeah. And I'm like, come on, guys. And they're like, you know, our budget's been spent for the year. Reach out to us in January. And I was like, you fucking bet, you bet your ass I'm going <laughs> to. <Yeah. laughs> oh, no man. doubt, man. Even, We're even trying to get just... a sponsor with the beer called Hippies and Cowboys from Tennessee Brew Works. It's super good beer. It's an IPA. But, uh, That'd be awesome. They sponsor us, or we're gonna have to sue them for stealing our name. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, well, guys, this has been a lot of fun. I thank you so much. Um, you know, I know this isn't gonna come out right now, but happy Thanksgiving to you guys. I hope. You yeah, you a, too, bud. Thank a wonderful you. day. Um, but yeah, this will. I'm gonna make sure this comes out by the end of the year so that it coincides with your with your single and everything that starts the the uh, beginning of next year for you. Beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. Bing, bang, boom. Uh, yeah. September 30th, man. It's going to be a rocker. So yeah, if this comes out cohesive with that, y'all be sure to go check it out. It's going to be a good one. Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much. And, you know, anytime anything comes out and you guys need, you know, want some help pushing stuff, just reach out and we're here for you for sure. Thank you, Jim. You bet. Absolutely. Take thank care you of yourself. Thanks for having us, man. Anytime, anytime. You're welcome here. Anytime. Appreciate you. Boots and whiskey. Thanks, guys. Cool. See ya. See ya. Well, there you have it, everyone. Our conversation with hippies and cowboys. Again, thank you all so much for for tuning in. Check them out when you get a chance. They're on Lower Broadway every week um, at Kid Rocks, um, Kick Ass Country Bar, whatever the fuck it's called. I know it's awesome. Um, the last time we were in Nashville, we missed it. Um, they hadn't opened yet, but um, so I think it's time for another trip. But you know, whatever. So I hope you all have a great Christmas. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget, we are going to be dumping about five episodes on New Year's Eve. So that'll be coming up soon. That'll be coming up when? Next week? Next weekend. Wow. Damn. Weekend after. Yeah. Because this weekend coming is Christmas. Following weekend is New Year's. So yeah, next weekend. So we have a bunch of shows coming out. So we have this show this week our regular episode next Monday, Tuesday, and then five, we're dropping five episodes next Saturday. Cool. So seven episodes in the next two weeks. Enjoy that. <laughs> um, please stick around and, and listen to all those. I, you know, I really, really appreciate it and the time everybody has given to it. So without further ado, guys, thank you so much. Um, I hope you've all had a great holiday season so far. Um, and it's not over yet. So, Buckle up, mom and dad. <laughs> um, the elf's about to go away. So enjoy that. Thank you all so much again. Um, and until next week, guys, keep those boots on the ground and the whiskey in the glass. Cheers. <laughs>